Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. It's a great day. Friday is here. 6th and Peabody, the location with Ehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Something that just feels odd to me, guys. Uh, it's going to take some getting used to. And I realize there's always an example of this, and we will have a version of an example of what I'm about to bring up coming up later in the show uh, because the new theme for Thursday Night Football has been released from Amazon. So we'll be discussing that a bit later. But did you see the tweet from CBS Sports? Taking a dig at the SEC, but not openly admitting it. They have a logo that just says Think Big with the Big Ten announcement. And it is a highlight reel of Big Ten football with the CBS college football theme underneath it. It's odd. Like, because you think you, when that theme hits, it is Vern Lundquist and Gary Danielson and Alabama's taking the field against Georgia. You don't think of it as college football music. You think of it as Southeastern SEC, college football music. It's the I, SEC CBS theme. That's what I think. And they have put that to their Big Ten coverage saying, like, think big, coming soon, and it's the Big Ten with that same theme. So I, mean, I, I love the theme. I'm glad they're not getting away with it. But. I get that you know we're we're loyal to the banner that we're that you're currently under a lot in life, right? When you're paid by something, when you're working somewhere, there's a lot of that that goes around. But it is so freaking phony that CBS for two decades or however maybe longer than that they had this that every week it was the biggest game in the biggest <laughs> conference. The primetime spot for the best conference in America, SEC on CBS at 3.30 Eastern time. And then you're going to go to the, the biggest game on the – I mean, come on. Like, at least change up the wording of what you're doing with the Big Ten. Don't just overnight, oh, now we have the Big Ten, so now they're the best conference because we have them. Again, I understand how financial relationships work. I know that they've got to promote the Big Ten as a huge deal. But don't start trying to sell me that it's the best or the biggest. When just this year, by the way, the C- CBS will still carry SEC games. Yes. Also. And guess what they're going to be telling us? They probably slow down on it now that the contract's about to run out. But what are we going to see uh, during 60 minutes? The biggest game on the best conference right here on CBS. Hey, what do you want them to do? I mean, they got to promote their product, and uh, they've they've switched strength. Go so. the the Big Ten gets it. Here's a here's a marketing campaign. The Big Ten gets even bigger with this music behind it. Boom! I just created your marketing slogan. Don't tell me it's the best when you've been telling me for years the SEC's the best. And plus, we all know the SEC's the best. Well, yeah. There's no arguing it. Look at the college football playoff every year. Look at national championships. The Big Ten's got some catching up to do when it comes to all that. Now, the SEC's got some catching up to do with the TV contract. Also, if you want to hype something, they've got about $300 million they're behind annually 
right now with the new Big Ten deal, which I believe will change the moment Texas and Oklahoma join the conference. There's going to be a new announcement about a renegotiated price from ESPN Disney, would be my guess. So, like, I'm glad that, uh, like, the NBA on NBC theme, right? We, we never hear that anymore. Oh, no, we hear it. What's it on? What? It's Olympics? On, no. It's on FS1. They bought the rights to it. Oh, do they? Big East basketball plays the oh. NB, NBA. Well, that's different. The uh, NBA on NBC theme. It's like hearing Monday Night Football on USFL. It doesn't. Yeah, that it's, it's, very, it's very weird. I'll be watching. Um, uh, I'll, I'll watch Seton Hall in Providence on FS1 on a yeah. Saturday, and they go to break with the. Dun, 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 well, it's crazy. Didn't John Tesh write that? He did. Yeah. Yeah. And many talents. You know, I hear that. I still think of Jordan in his in his sweats oh, warming yeah. up prior to the game against like Penny Hardaway and Shaq at the Orlando Magic. Weird to think of them um, on NBC. There's so a great. Uh, yeah. I think it's like NBA Bob, in the '90s. Bob Costas. Oh, you know? yeah. There's a uh, but uh, Steve Snapper Jones was uh, was a color commentator on those games. The NBA on in the '90s, I think, is the Twitter uh, uh, account. But you can follow and see old promos of this Sunday's doubleheader, and it's like Sonics <laughs> versus Nuggets in the old uniforms, yeah, and it's yeah. great with the voice and the music behind it, and it's always got the promos for each doubleheader on Sunday for the uh, NBA. It's really good. So uh, what what's going on in Nebraska with Scott Frost and the offensive line um, where he claims – I mean, he's, he's he says that he's serious with this. He says linemen are throwing up 15 to 20 times per practice – and the quote that he was saying on the show uh, there was, I think they love it. He said it was not um, fitness also. Yeah, it, I mean. <laughs> so I, do, do we want this? this Are we proud like, of this? Uh, stink, Mark Schlereth, you know, that, who would openly uh, admit of what he would do on the field in order to gain some type of advantage. Like he was into whatever it took to play through, right? Um, this is uh, like, so are we – are we going to see them in Ireland, like, throw up on the field constantly? I mean, I think what he's trying to convey, Hutton, is that they're working so hard in practice yeah. that they're never going to have to puke again or even think about it during a game because they've already worked so hard in practice. Okay, It's a very old-school thing to joke about, you know, like, hey, man, Mark, we're working them boys so hard, I want to see your guts on the field, literally. <laughs> you guys, I want to see you get down in the mud, and I want to see guts expelled <laughs> from your mouth. On the field. That's basically what Scott Frost is saying. Dominic Rayola was a great offensive lineman at Nebraska. So much like Scott Frost, he's another former great Cornhusker player. Um, I, I read this to my wife today, who's a big Nebraska fan, and she's like, oh, this is, this is awesome. I love, just love hearing that. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, Nebraska fans are going to think that. First off, I want to know if he's being – truthful here completely or if he's exaggerating well, no 15 way. to 20 is exaggeration that's a huge number yeah. but even if it's a thing it's weird well 15 to 20 would say like bobby carmer said it's basically every offensive lineman scholarship and walk on you have puking once a practice you're like going to get everyone to puke it's the requirement doing the drills and then it's that, like you have a puke period yeah, it, look it's <laughs> it's possible like i mean mathematically you could force everyone to puke once every practice and it could be an every practice thing to what end but like Bobby said, I just don't know how that's making you a better offensive lineman if it's an everyday thing. Yeah. Like if you're pushing them to the brink every now and again and someone gets so worked up or out of breath they throw up a little bit, that's going to happen in athletic, you know, when you're working yourself that hard. Every single day, 
seems awfully excessive <laughs> if that's the case. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be pushing this as like uh, uh, selling the team or marketing myself around this as it being a, a big success story. Though the fan, be, fan base, it's probably red meat, uh, which they could then throw up. Um, I'd say the vast majority of NFL college fan bases love hard work and hard work stories like yeah, this. Yeah, sure. Um, hard work. But, I mean, hard, this is a translation of that. At least that's what he's saying. Um, but it's, it's unrealistic to expect those numbers. I'm saying, like, if it's a thing, like, once a practice, this is from different players, it's still odd. Yeah. Um, and I expect to see it in the game. And maybe I'm or, taking... Or your, or your team's not working hard enough. Maybe I'm taking a little too far also, but but um, we've entered the age of, uh, you know, you walk off the the field and within a half an hour, a lot of these programs have you drinking a precise protein shake yeah. that has your name on it and everything. Oh, and yeah. Nutrition is very important. So they're throwing that out the window. I don't care. What, you know, it doesn't matter what you're eating before practice because I expect to see it on the <laughs> sideline. Yeah. I, I found this just hilarious. Um, yesterday, I checked the line for Nebraska Northwestern. I read this story. And went back and checked the line. Move. And Nebraska's favored by another half point. <laughs> Again, could be totally just betting. That's Bet's coming in no matter what. No, but I saw that. I'm a... like, I wonder how Nebraska's offensive lineman puking 15 to 20 times of practice affects the, the betting line for that game. And it went up a half a point from 12 and a half to 13 for Nebraska. That mattress guy in Houston went crazy when he heard this. Boys, I can't <laughs> think of more pressure on a coach in game number one than on Scott Frost in Ireland. If they lose as a two-touchdown favorite to Northwestern in game one, his job, you're on the lookout every week. I truly believe that. If they start out one and three, he's fired early in the season. Who's his replacement? And it starts, it starts this week. There is a ton of pressure on, on, uh, on Scott Frost. Well, I mean, he, he, um, he was forced to fire his staff and hire certain people that they wanted. Uh, he took the mandate, um, which very few guys. Yeah, but he uh, that, with name recognition do. But they, he, he took the mandate, and I think what Chad's saying is they've got someone in line is Mark to Whipple? take over um, in oh, that I position. Don't know. Right? It's probably Dominic Rayola, so the whole team can puke fifty <laughs> to twenty times of practice. I mean, I, he's probably going to give it. It's going to be some. I don't think Mark Whipple, who got there yeah. this past offseason as offensive coordinator for the first time, would be the guy. It's going to be another one of his the former Husker players. That's a position coach that could just fill in as interim head coach, knowing they're not going to be there more than likely. Brian Applewhite? I don't know. I, I mean, look, again, it's not, them at you. it's it not It may not matter I, at that point. My point is the writing could be on the wall very yeah. quickly if they lose. They're not, I don't think they're going to lose this game. I think Nebraska with Casey Thompson at quarterback is a sleeper in the Big Ten West. I know we had David Hookstead on who just does not believe in them at all. I look at their schedule and I think this, this could be a 9-3 and three Type turnaround team. They just seven need average five, play eight quarterback. Four average play. They lost so many close games a year ago. Yeah. I mean, the record was, I think it was. Were they three and nine? Three and nine or four and eight? Yeah. One of the two. But, but they, they were but, three and nine, but lost a ton of really close games, simply because not simply because, but in large part because Adrian Martinez could not make winning plays. Right. When the game was on the line, he would throw an interception. He would overthrow a guy. They he could not win a game that was close late. He's gone. I think Nebraska is going to be sneaky good this year. I think it starts with that game against Northwestern. All I'm saying is that is a hot seat if they lose that game. 
a hot seat gets a lot hotter. Let me offer one point of clarification here because it's news to me. Uh, Donovan Rayola played one game in the NFL. That's who is doing the talking here. Not Dominic Rayola, who played 219 games yeah. in the NFL and Sorry, was a very yeah, good Don- offensive lineman. I, I'm not, I, that's not on you. I didn't know there were two of them. So, yeah. And I think a lot of people out there probably didn't know about Donovan because his NFL career was one game. I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't know either. <laughs> I didn't know there was a, two Rayolas. So this guy does not have – you know, hearing it from Dominic Rayola – had a certain level of meaning to me because I knew he played in the NFL for a long time and was a hell of an offensive lineman. Hearing it from Donovan Rayola means substantially. Now, he, he played for the Lions. I will less. say at least at least Donovan in college played uh, started 39 games and was honorable mention All Big Ten Conference yeah, three go. separate times. So he was a good player at Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, but did not he make. He played it. one game for Tampa in 2010. The yeah. Panther. He, go ahead. He played. I'm just looking. I'm looking at his. This is what bothers me about preseason stuff too: is that you could put so many teams down on a paper, on a on a resume, even if you were there for eight days in camp. Donovan Rayola played for the Rams, the Steelers, the Rams again, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Bears, the Buccaneers, the Omaha Nighthawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, back to the Omaha Nighthawks, and then the with Washington. But in the NFL, he really played. For Guys, Tampa. that was from 2006 to 2011. <laughs> I just let I just read off hotels. One, I hope two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven stops in five years as a professional That's football a tough player. Tough way to live. The Panthers announced that uh, tonight in their preseason game is the Patriots. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are not playing. Instead, it's going to be PJ Walker, Walker starting. It's going to be PJ Walker getting the first and third quarters. Matt Corral will play the second and fourth quarters tonight. Um, so, this is... I hate that. Well, yeah, I mean... As opposed to two consecutive quarters. You said second yeah. and fourth, right? That yeah. On and off. Like, then the guy's got to loosen up again. It's just a weird thing to me. It's unnatural. Are they going to be able to trade Darnold? The no. same way that they acquired Mayfield? Not with 19 guaranteed. Or, I, I mean, I, they could trade Darnold the, the way Cleveland traded Baker and eat a, yeah. lot, a lot of his money and get Darnold to take less money. But is Darnold going to find a better situation than backing up Baker Mayfield? I, I think he's going to be I'm, the backup to Mayfield. I mean, um, he, P.J. Walker wasn't very good Let last me ask year. you guys this just hypothetical. It, it depends on Corral. Yeah. Let me ask you this hypothetical, because we, we discussed this a lot yesterday. If the Browns somehow made a move for Jimmy Garoppolo, how much does that improve their fortunes in those 11 games without – Without Deshaun Watson, I mean, is it a game? Is it a game or two swing? In eleven games, I'd say it's three. No, not not. You're you're trading. You're trading for a guy who already is missing fifty percent of his starts, and he he hasn't even practiced within the offense. So no, no, it's late. Um, I I would rather have Brissett, who's been there all offseason, who they acquired right out of the shoot this offseason. Uh, than I would Garoppolo at this point. And by the time Garoppolo gets up to speed, you know, he either suffers an injury or it's time for Watson to come back. We also can't take on the $25 million, right? It, there have to be a salary reduction yeah, as but part it, but of this But that's not – it's not fully guaranteed, it's not, right? It's not guaranteed. So, I mean, they're going to have to cut him. You play the waiting game or you say, hey, we'll give you a, a sixth, let us negotiate with him. You know, I don't know. And how much has he come down? He's not coming that far down. Yes, um, so we'll get to see that. Plus, uh, you know, there's further evaluation of the Patriots' offense tonight. 
I haven't seen anything on Mac Jones. After two days of very um, combative. My guess is Mac practice. Jones isn't practice, or isn't playing if I mean the Panthers are treating this like backups versus backups. The most right? news around Mac Jones this preseason was the fake account talking about how he started the brawl in the oh, joint yeah. practice. That's been the his With name. Burns. His name got got more run from that than anything else. He apparently practiced well against them. And um, let's get this thing started. I can't believe how far off it still is. Nineteenth to the eleventh is opening Sunday. I know we get the Thursday night game before that. Oh, this yeah. is my most uh, impatient, and particularly after now with the full week off, two weeks before the final preseason game, and uh, we have ten days to the Thursday game, but two weeks for most teams to wait for that Sunday. That is a painful two weeks of waiting with no real storylines developing, unless your team happens to do something interesting with cuts. Uh, and not with cuts as much as with additions, you know, so, and, and which never live up to billing for most teams. You say, oh, they're going to pick up a bunch of guys on waivers, and then they pick up, you know. Yeah, they pick up a backup uh, depth guard. or special teams guys uh, yeah. that, that add depth that, you know, their third or fourth linebacker. Right. You know. Hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts at OutK360. Coming up, uh, speaking of depth, we discuss Backup quarterbacks across the NFL. Pair it with a, a column that, that Withrow had at Outkick.com. The NFL's best and worst backup quarterback situations. We discuss it next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up, a theory on Reddit. Of where Tom Brady is. <laughs> it's so good. Outkick it's 360 so good, continues. Uh, also good is Chad's column at Outkick.com well, on thank you. backup quarterbacks, the top five best and worst. What um, what led you down this path, Chad? <laughs> so uh, dare I ask? Yeah, it's a fun thing. Like I I read the you know you write something. And you're in a certain state of mind when you write it. And my state of mind was pissed off for greatness when I wrote this. And then I go back and I look at my last work for OutKick, and it was this, like, gushy, (laughs) feel-good, watch Little League baseball and, you know, reconnect yourself to something better than you in the sport and how great it was. The kid consoled the pitcher that hit him and all of that. And then I go to just a complete scorched earth takedown. Of Titans backup quarterback Logan Woodside the Chad, very next week. I sent Chad a picture earlier, Hutton. Our columns are side by side uh, at the Outkick site, and I, I, uh, I sent him. I said, "This is like uh, Super Bowls back at our old job. You and I <laughs> side by side, like in a little hotel room. Right. In the Super only Bowl city. only three feet of space between <laughs> our double beds in a hotel room. These are even closer. They're, when we had to share rooms. These columns, the I dare say, are touching." They're right there next to each other they're in, the, in the queue. They're right. They're they're adjoining in the queue right now. So here was my motivation for this column, and I've long thought about this, but it really hit home when I watched Logan Woodside just flail around the football field 
in preseason game number one against the Baltimore Ravens. Very, Logan hey, Woodside. It was very poor timing by him because th- this was by far his worst preseason yes. performance. He's actually ever. done reasonably well yeah. in preseason. But, but again, like, the, the man it's is, fair. The man is one for three for seven we, yards in his yeah. NFL career, and I wrote that yeah. the, the most surprising thing about that stat line is the one completion that he had. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also went on to say that – Probably to uh, – and, uh, and, Nichols. and look, tell me if you disagree with any of this. I said he has kept his job up until now on the backs of a strong understanding of the offense and his work ethic. These are all great traits, yep. dot, 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 for an offensive analyst. <laughs> Hopefully the Titans hire him on staff when Malik Willis wins the backup job, which I am praying on behalf of the Titans that that happens, that Malik Willis is the backup uh, quarterback. But Logan Woodside, look, this is, not, this is not Logan Woodside's fault. Right. This is nothing that he's. This is not personal about Logan Woodside. It's more a statement of the state of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Logan Woodside, I could name him with any number of guys that played at a non-traditional football school. That's real heady and a good locker room dude that can throw a seven-yard out, and that's about it. And that probably you hope won't turn the ball over yeah. when they get in the game. I think there's some pretty closed-off thinking about the backup quarterback position across the NFL with a number of teams. Titans, first and foremost, because as I rank them, they have the worst backup quarterback in the NFL. So I went through and I ranked the best and the worst across the league. Um, And if you guys, please respond Mm -hmm. as I start to go through these and and tell me what you think. Yeah, I think you're wrong at number one. Best NFL backup quarterback, number one, Nick Foles, Colts. He hasn't hasn't played good football in a very long time. And I like your number three choice a lot better, particularly in the – and every time we talk about backup quarterback, I think it's important to kind of differentiate Hut. I think we, you agree with me here. The guy coming off the bench in relief is a completely different job, really, than the guy who gets a game plan on Tuesday as a substitute and is yeah. coming in with yeah. something that's crafted for him. Because the guy coming in in relief has got minimal snaps during the week, and the game plan is designed for the other guy. Uh, so he's coming in, and, and if he's not a particularly good player, most of them are not. He's got a minimalist approach. He's, ho- he's trying not to turn the ball over and let other things carry the day. Well, in the full week preparation, yes. when a defense is coming after you, it's a different kind of challenge. Nick Look, Foles, to me, hasn't played good football in a long enough time I that think I don't the, want I think, him on Paul, the field. To, to your point, I really look at them in like three different silos of backup quarterbacks. Nick Foles is in one of them. Older guy, vet, been around the league, been a starter, had some success, is now, to me, clearly a backup. Nick Foles is not, is not in a place to compete for a starting job anywhere in the league, given his recent play. But and I see, also look at Nick Foles, and I think that is the perfect backup in Indianapolis for a 37-year-old Matt Ryan that could plug and play. My definition of a good backup quarterback is if you lose your starter for a month, can this guy split four games? Can they get to two and two? The thing to me I about think Foles, that I think that Foles could. He's not. I, I don't have confidence in him staying healthy for four, for four games. Well, yeah, but in this case, you want the best case scenario to in his in what his scenario just keep your head above water. Right. Well, here's what I'll say about that silo, and I like what you're doing with the silos. We're, we're on well, the same page there. There's two other ones. I All right. Get well, to. let me let me cover this silo. I hate this silo because this silo is mostly washed up guys. And I know the ceiling of what I'm going to get over a washed-up guy. And so I made this transition a few years ago, actually in defense of Logan Woodside, before we knew his limitations, is give me a guy in that spot who might have a ceiling we haven't seen instead of a guy who I know 
exactly what he can't do. Is Teddy Bridgewater washed up to you? No. I got Teddy Bridgewater I like number Teddy two. Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. Um, had some success. He's in a great spot right now. Yeah, he was not very good a year ago, but he still had 18 touchdowns to seven interceptions in Denver. He was, I, I would describe, as serviceable as a starter in Denver, but nothing better than that. Yeah, he He's was, no starter. No. But he kept the game in reach, unlike Drew Locke. Anytime Drew Locke came in for Teddy Bridgewater, he threw a pick. Yep. Um, it, Bridgewater at least allowed them to play to their strengths. But Bridgewater, to me, is a slightly younger version with uh, you know similar success to a, to a Nick Foles at time in his career. Um, but it, that fits that number one Maybe silo. earlier acceptance of I, I'm a, co- a career backup. Right. But not- the, the, he still falls into the same silo as Nick Foles of veteran guy, has been a starter, has had some success, is no longer a starter, but a really good backup option. Kenny Pickett is silo number two. To me, he's third on my list of best backups. He is a rookie that you believe his ceiling is top-level NFL starter. And uh, that is the, the backup I'd want to have if I had to pick, right? See, if you had the ability to have a pretty good quarterback in front of them and bring someone in like this, Desmond Ritter would be another example. He's not on my list, but he'd be another example of that. He's not as high of a pick as, as Kenny Pickett. But he's a young guy that you've got some faith in that maybe he can become something. Well, I like the ceiling opportunity here, but I think Ritter's more that category than Pickett because I think Pickett could start opening day. And, and also, in, in this silo, Chad, you have to have a subset of guys who are there to ultimately be the starter. Kenny Pickett's not there to be the backup. Kenny Pickett's there to start. Well, it's just I, a matter of when. Yeah, I couldn't differentiate. Look, here's how, what I went by. I went by the team's current depth chart yeah. and who's the backup. I don't think that Logan Woodside's the backup quarterback. They drafted Malik Willis to be the backup and maybe eventually the starter. That's going to happen sooner rather than later, even if it's not week one. My point here is I can only go by what the depth chart says right now. Sure. And also, people were asking me on, online when I posted this, why is Jimmy Garoppolo not number one? Jimmy Garoppolo's not practicing with the team. So he is technically listed as the number two quarterback. I'm not including him. Nate Sudfeld is the backup in San Francisco Correct. because Jimmy Garoppolo, has, they've stated, has no chance of, being of playing for the 49ers. Yeah, so I, he's I, more or less a free agent right now, but under contract, sitting in limbo, waiting to be traded. So number four, I've got Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley, I think, uh, this, is, this kind of is the third silo. Younger guy to mid-level in years that I don't think is ever going to be a starter. He, he is a career backup quarterback, but I think he's the perfect backup quarterback in Baltimore for what they're doing with he's, their offense. Uh, for this discussion, I jotted him down as number one on my list because he can come in and give you the same look. You can run the same style that your entire team really is built around in Lamar Jackson. Now, whenever he came in last year and they went on that six-game losing streak whenever Lamar was out, I mean, there is a definite drop in overall production and skill level. But he allows you to block the same, run the same. And by the way, the Ravens also had significant injury right. at running back whenever Huntley came They were a mess, year. but he failed the two-and-two two test. He went one and th- they went one and three with him at quarterback. But I agree. I, I, that's yeah. a good I mean, I, backup for that team. He yeah. also had one just enormous game with four yeah. touchdowns, two passing, two rushing. And I think that was in Green Bay, but it was a 31-30 to loss in that game. But he was great. I think His he's passing team stats specific, weren't though. that good in the no other doubt. three games. But it's a great – But he still can, can run. 
Team specific, though. If you said, give me a backup quarterback for my team, he's not the answer for everybody. Right. And I made that point. I don't know that he's on this list with a number of other teams, but he's, as Hutton said, maybe number one on his list. Certainly, he's, I've got him at number four, top five, because of Baltimore's situation. Number five, this is a guy, I don't even know that there's a silo for him, honestly, given his sh- shaky, at times great, at times awful performance when he was a starting quarterback. But I think the ultimate wild card as a backup is Gardner Minshew in, in Philly. And, and for this reason, he's difficult to prepare for because I don't know that Gardner Minshew at times knows what he's going to do out on the football field. Very unpredictable. He's my number one. He's a, he's a smart I love player. him. I, I think he's a career backup. I think he's a guy that, that, you know, Jacksonville obviously was in desperate times and their thing didn't work out and they put him in there. But take away him starting there and just give him a career from the beginning as a guy who can come in and give you – Hutton, you and I have talked about this a lot. He, he I think, would be number one on the juice list – of a guy that's going to come in. No, there's no backup quarterback in the league with more swagger than Gardner Minshew. And I think when your huddle of the other 10 offensive players is looking to the quarterback who's coming in off the bench at a time where everybody's shoulders slumped because your guy just got hurt, this guy has a capacity to, to give you confidence that nobody else yeah, on this list has. He's really one of the few guys on this list, maybe the only guy in the top five, that I would consider even because of poor performance – if your quarterback's having an off game, you put him in as a spark Change to your up. offense. The other guys, are, are, they're only coming in because of injury. Yeah. You, know, you let yeah. your starter play through it, even if he's having a bad game. I look at Minshew and Philly and think, if Hurts is just off one day, midway through the third quarter, you could conceivably put Gardner Minshew and he could come back and win you a game I with a spark that. he could provide. I, I like him a lot. Um, I, I want to give two honorable mentions okay. on mine. Um, actually, three. I'm, I'm curious to see if they were on my list of names so, I considered. So if I were making a top five, guys I would be considering, Terod Taylor yep. is he, on he my list. He was right there for me. Um, Strong consideration. Taylor Heineke, yep. who is around the same energy level as Minshew. He's not, he does, same thing he's as not Minshew. the top, but he, he, it, he believes that he's coming yep. out there and he's going to win. And he's tainted in the public image from having started more yeah. than he yeah. should have started, yeah. like Minshew. Uh, and C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard has started several games in San Francisco. He's now the backup to Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Um, and he, he's not horrible. I mean, in terms of if we're doing a top five or a bottom five, he is closer to the top five than he is any, any consideration of being on the bottom five list for me. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not saying I would necessarily put him in my top five either, but he's top ten because I – I've seen him play in San Francisco and finish seasons um, whenever Garoppolo was out or whatever else was going on there. So uh, there's there's some unknowns with him, yeah. but I think he he allows you to go through the process of not practicing, but yet give you a chance to play. I don't the one the one thing that strikes me in this exercise, Chad, is the amount of teams who have a backup that is nothing like their starter. Yeah, that complete makes no opposite. sense to me. Well, I'll, I'll defend this. I, I'm not saying it's what you want. I'm saying you have so little to choose from. But, you got to take what you can but, but, can get. But it's I just, hard it, to go find somebody that's like. But Brian here's what I would Tannehill say about that. It's not about or that. Like it's, it's not about that. It's the Chicago Bears have Trevor Simeon backing up Justin Fields. That is the virtual opposite ends of what you're trying to do offensively. 
Right. I, and I agree. And I think Chicago's a mismanaged team, so that may not be the best example, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. They just may not have had the opportunity to get a mobile backup, depending on how the contracts that. were and who was available I mean, if, and what the the movement. Again, is. if PJ because it's such a limited market. If PJ Walker, if he comes free, they should go get him. If PJ Walker is playing in a minor league before he gets picked up to be a third stringer in Carol, PJ Walker should be Justin Fields' backup. Oh, I agree. And if he comes free, they should go sign. If him. you watch college but football, if he's not free, there are fifteen PJ Walkers playing every Saturday. They are out there. You just have to get out of your set ways of having to have a guy who's uh, great in study hall. I, I, here, here's where sense. I think you're, you're not giving it enough credit for how damn hard it is to be ready to do stuff without practicing. Yeah, like uh, Simeon, who's bounced around, is known for being able to retain a playbook fast. Instead of – he can get l- – a limited amount of reps yeah. when he signs, and he's able to right. learn a portion of the playbook well, and run look, it Trevor, and actually call the call the play. Trevor Simeon was not under consideration for my best yeah. or my worst. Right. He's in the middle, right? So I, I he's kind of out of the conversation because I'm not looking at him and thinking, "Man, this is a terrible backup so, quarterback." Let me give you one that was under consideration for top five and tell me right. what you think. And I was mentally tainted by poor performance a year ago when he got his chance in Chicago as the starter. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's in a New good Orleans. backup for that situation. That's, I really wanted Very to put good. him in the top five, but when I looked at the other, I was down to Andy Dalton, uh, Terod Taylor, and Minshew was number five on my list was Minshew. I was really down to those three guys for you know, you, four and five. Where do you have Blaine Gabbert? I don't have Blaine Gabbert best or worst. Okay. He, he would be middle of the line. See, I can't stand Career Blaine Gabbert or Matt Castle. That's why... That, that scenario. That's why when they went with Logan Woodside, initially I was like, well, at least you're going with something that's, that's got to, you know, we don't know anything about him. Maybe he could do something. But you know exactly what you're getting with the Titans when they had Blaine Gabbard and Matt Castle, can which I, was simply not enough. Can right. I roll through the worst with you guys? Because yeah. some of these guys, there's honestly just not a lot to say about them. Uh, that's how bad it is. And they don't have much of a body of, of work uh, to discuss. Number one is Logan Woodside of the Titans. I can't think of anyone worse in the league. Paul? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think you get to a certain point. And I mean, look, you, could, you bad, could argue. But we he's could, in that bad. We Here's could, how we I could judge nitpick this. with other guys that are on this list. Because there's going to be others on this list that haven't played. Here's how I judge the bottom five. If they're cut today, do they clear waivers, and are they practice squad eligible? Logan Woodside may not be practice squad eligible um, any, any well, longer. Well, the thing is, the new practice squad thing, he can... I I'm think not, but, he can, uh, but I'm even asking around about that, people are, are wondering whether or not he is. We need to clarify that. Um, but even if he was, I don't think he's claimed. Like, he's not claimed on the roster, and I don't think you're going to have to go into a bidding war to keep him on your practice squad. Only if Atlanta so, wanted a third for some reason. Or a fourth because he's a former Titan. Yeah. Man, I no. mean, you, you, we're really just dragging the depths when we're talking about, you know, a fourth. Uh, yeah. So, you're in Woodside's you're, number one. You're, with Woodside, Chad, you are asking to turn around and hand the football off. The yeah, Titans' I, backup quarterback is Derrick Henry. I, exactly, he's their backup quarterback. And Hutton, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I wrote that. I said, I'm snapping the ball to Derrick Henry. Yeah, and I, I said that earlier. He essentially is, like, is the quarterback at that point. That's your only, yeah. your only chance of winning an NFL game if Ryan Tannehill gets hurt, if Logan Woodside is the only other quarterback 
on your roster is that you're up three touchdowns or more in the yes. second half, and you can nurse a lead. If it is tied, or you're a score ahead or a score behind, and you're playing anyone that's remotely competent, you're not winning that game with Logan Woodside. Yeah. That's how I define a terrible backup quarterback. There's two others I hate, Kyle Allen and Jarrett Stidham. Yeah, let me get through the, the five here quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had done Jordan Love is the second worst. I think he's terrible. Uh, he threw three straight interceptions in the preseason awful. game the other he night. He was awful last week. He's had accuracy issues going back to Utah State. He threw 17 picks. He was wildly inaccurate at times. He was drafted on traits. People that liked him, obviously the Packers did. They traded up and I think made one of the worst first-round picks of all time. LeFleur, given what it did to Aaron Rodgers. Watching a bit of that game, LaFleur is making excuses for him, saying two of the three picks were not on him. And he was saying that immediately after the game when he's being peppered about his performance. Number three on my list is Sean Mannion with the Vikings. He was a third-round pick. I didn't realize he was in the league this long. 2015. Sean Mannion was drafted out of Oregon State. His career stat line, 67 for 110 for 573, one touchdown, three interceptions. 30-year-old backup battling Kellen Mond for the number two gig in Minnesota. Just a lot of nothing with Sean Mannion. No nothing. Uh, Another guy, (laughs) honestly, uh, John Wolford of of the Rams, I joked. I heard that name, and I thought of about 38 different people that he could have been in college. He played quarterback at Wake Forest and was a four-year starter, great. He falls right in line with a cliche right now in the NFL of a backup quarterback of limited physical capabilities. That's a great locker room guy, I'm sure incredibly smart, good with his teammates, great with the playbook, and he played at a non-traditional football school. Yeah, he's a nobody to me. One one more thing about your, your number 32, who, you know, I think you can make quite a case for, Logan Woodside. Yep. If and when that becomes Malik Willis, he didn't rank very high either, He's 32. based on where he is right now. Yeah, but the difference is he, he's got some the, upside. The skill set has the chance to be, you know, electric. He he has the chance to use his athleticism to be dynamic. Um, I I don't see that ceiling for that, Logan Woodson. Look, the seven yard touchdown run. Is all I need to say about Malik Willis and why he's a better option than Logan Woodside. Logan yeah. Woodside's never pulling that off. Right. Malik Willis has a ton of warts in his game. He is not comfortable at all in the pocket right now. He's got a lot of development to do, and he's not been good. But I watch that one run, and I think, well, if this guy had to be thrown into a game, maybe something crazy happens when things break down and he could make somebody miss in the open field and come up with a, bit, with a big play. Uh, you're not going to get that from Logan Woodside. Number five on my list, and probably the most controversial of them, Joe Flacco. I'm not sure Joe Flacco is that interested in being in the NFL right now and being a backup. He, um, well, right now he's Because some would probably argue he's the best. No, right given now. Given his resume. Right, right now he's interested. That knee injury, knee yeah, he may start week one. Probably against will start week Baltimore. one. Against Baltimore. Yeah. I don't, I, that's a good situation Story for that. the Jets. Simply, you've got, you've got Flacco's attention, and you have players on the roster that say he's throwing a better football than Zach Wilson. So, um, it's not the worst-case scenario for the Jets to have to go one game with Flacco. That's some bad Zach Wilson. You better moves. give him some great protection Where is to Chase deliver Daniel that football on your better list? than Zach Wilson. Chase Daniel, who's made $40 million over his career to be a backup, a career backup, is now the backup in uh, Los Angeles for the Chargers behind Herbert. Chase, Chase, Chase Daniel, when he's, when he's been in the game for Mahomes – um, or played a ton in the preseason, he normally puts on a show and does enough to stick around and 
you know, wear the headset on game day. So Chase Dane is another guy I did not consider for either the top he, or the bottom. He would be among my top five. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even consider him for the top. And what about the who's the guy in Detroit? Blau. Blau. Uh, Tim Boyle. 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 Yep. Who got a Blau also has a Thanksgiving Day start. Tim Boyle. Blau uh, watching <laughs> Hard Knocks lost the game for Detroit because he fumbled a snap, and it was a really hard thing to watch. <laughs> They're both there. They did That's a profile. They did a profile of his wife, who is a uh, hurdler for Columbia. Okay. And they met at, at Purdue. And it showed the whole team a year before rooting her on in the Olympics in the team room on the big screen when she had her race. The nation of Columbia, not the school. Not the school, yes. Co- Columbia. <laughs> Columbia. Not, let me get the right pronunciation. Columbia. Um, but so Blau just dropped a, sh- a shotgun snap. When they had wow. the ball, when they had the lead, they turned it over, and then that's when Atlanta went down. We heard the crowd noise on that fourth down, but they got the ball back because that – and Blau's just on the sideline the whole time. Head and hands, and everybody's trying to encourage him. He's, I mean, he's like, I couldn't catch a snap. We lost the game because I dropped a snap. Is all he kept repeating over and over. We, uh, we, we continue the discussion coming up. The, you know, th- this puts into perspective, you know, for all of this discussion about this is a, such a prove it year for Baker Mayfield. It is if he wants the next four or five year deal somewhere or in Carolina a year from now. Or why did Arizona pay Kyler Murray? Look at the other options around the league. Those two guys are starting next year somewhere. Guaranteed. You're desperate. Guaranteed. Because it's tough to find 32 good starting quarterbacks in the league. Look at what Seattle's doing right now uh, with their, you know, their quarterback battle that's ongoing. Or the jury being out in Chicago, not necessarily because Justin Fields is awful, but because the players around him. Who knows what he's able to do and elevate players around him as far as the the athleticism at some skilled positions he's going to be playing with. Yeah, neither one of those uh, guys in Seattle are qualified to me to be a good backup on on their own. Right. Um, so so that that is is it's big not a good there. spot. And um, nope. the other thing is once things flip in Pittsburgh, I think they're in pretty good shape with Trubisky as as a veteran backup. I, I would. I would have given him a top five candidacy. I think he's a, a good backup kind of guy. You just who should be a, that for the rest of his career. Just gave me an idea for my next ranking. Uh, starting quarterbacks in the league that I don't believe would be a good backup. That's a good call. <laughs> if, they've got, if they lost their job, they wouldn't even be a good backup option. Chad Withrow, Outkick.com, backup quarterback Analyst. columnist. Yeah. I should go with just backup rankings. Non- backup centers in the goalies. NBA will be next. This would be more backup red than the goalies. minor league baseball reports. Yes. You know, that Which have multiple riders. So many inches. Stay tuned. This is Outkick 360. That's for. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, scale of 1 to 10 on believability. 
Tom Brady is missing time with the Bucks to film The Masked Singer. Zero. Which is on Fox. Zero. There's no way it would be kept a secret. There's just no way. In Hollywood, at a soundstage with workers. I think there's a studio audience, but even if not, too many people is exposed. It, so, uh, full disclosure, I've never seen the show. They don't. They don't. But get, they is, don't. Isn't who it the is. whole the, the the whole theme of the show is no one knows who no it is. No one. They go to great lengths to hide whoever's doing it. If I don't think it's it ever been came, leaked until the reveal happens who it is behind the mask. Dude, you guys have said that, that he won't get crushed for anything. If he left oh, training camp to do he, the mass Singer, he would get destroyed. And he should get destroyed. He'd be crushed for I it. think it's preposterous. I Here's where I am. <laughs> so he said zero. I, I, think, I think it's pretty ridiculous. But, I mean, I'm not going to completely throw it out. I'm going to say 5%. Also, chance. does it take 10 days to film... If well, you keep I guess winning, it's the whole season. I think if you get like if you keep advancing, yeah. you could stay around for <laughs> a while. He's got a golden voice. Guys, we're running well, up against week he's one. Good here. At you're still around. It, you're, you would be filming it now to air this fall, and it's multiple weeks, so the reveal wouldn't and Pat McAfee's Pat McAfee uh, discussed this briefly. He said, um, if this is happening, he's wearing a goat, he's in a goat costume, yeah, right? Like you would think. it would be pretty obvious if he, this is filmed and he's going through the season. And you have like a, a marquee matchup on Fox the same week as Brady being unveiled as the mass singer. Like I, it all, I, I it get, all ties in with his deal I with Fox. I get the nobody knowing thing. He still would be in Los Angeles coming and going from places, all of that. There's still a lot well, of opportunity uh, for here's him to what be we know, seen. Paul. You can stay hidden. Here's what we want. know, Paul. The man is living and he's somewhere today, but no one has a clue where. And nope. that in and of itself is amazing. On this day That's and age. That's true. Uh, Even more amazing if it's in L.A. For sure. Outkick 360 continues on this great Friday.